Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. All right, my friends, how are you doing today? Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, which is interesting because I personally have been going through some, some seriously stressful times as I juggle all that I do in my job. It is crazy. How about you? You going through some stressful times? I mean, all of 2020 has been stressful times, has it not? Oh, it's crazy. Who saw this one coming? Here are you. It's months, months, and months, and months after this whole process started. And we're still talking about it. My friend, this is nuts. Anyway, I've missed you. I've missed you. It's what, it been like a week? It feels like more. Um, I, I, You know, I, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week. And I, I kind of had in my head that might be a little, it might be time to do a little more sharing. Now, I know you're sitting to yourself going, Prail. All you freaking do is share. Like you're the king of share. Like you overshare. I really want to hear more about your shtick. I don't want to hear about your wife. I don't want to hear about the challenges you have. I don't want to hear about how you used to sell photocopy store to door. I've heard it, man. I've heard it. I'm tired of it. I get it. I get it. Let me give you a different share this time, okay? So over the past few months, many of you know my role has changed. Once upon a time, I was the chief marketing officer here at VanillaSoft, but, you know, in the last few months, I've become the chief revenue officer here. And uh, and that's caused, uh, that's you know, that had hardship. Now, you would think to yourself, hardship, where's the hardship? That's pretty exciting, man. You've just become, you, you become the CRO. Like, that's the, the, that's the pinnacle. And no less, you did it from the marketing side, and you would be right. And that is exciting, and I am glad that I have been blessed and fortunate enough to have that experience. But the hardship comes not when you're given the job. The hardship comes when you have to actually execute. We all know that, right? We all know from personal experience the hard times when you have to execute. So, you know, looking back, I can share some of the things I did. And in my first 30 days on the job, what I had to do was I had to assess what I had. So I had kind of a, a, a 30, 60, 90-day plan. If you haven't heard me talk about this before. In the first 30 days is going to be assess, situation assessment, and make some decisions um, so I can move forward. The next 30 days is going to be, you know, rip and replace. Look at all the cadences, all the email, all the messages, all the scripts, all the all the value props, all of our, who's our ICP, what's our USP, who's our personas, you know, and just overhaul everything. And then the final 30 days is going to be the massive training and rollout of all the staff to make sure they could adopt and adapt to execute. So 30, 60, 90, that was the plan. I had it blessed by the management team and everything else. But, you know, in many regards, the hardest part was the first 30 days when you're trying to understand what it is you've inherited. So, in that, I mean, I'm looking at people. Now, I've known them. They were on my they were on my in my company before, but now I'm critically analyzing them. I'm like, like, do you have the skills? Do you know how to sell? Do you know how to sell? Do you know how to open a question? Do you know how to ask an open-ended question? Do you know how to ask a closed-ended question? Do you know how to handle an objection? Do you know how to do discovery? Do you know how to do a challenger sale? Do you know how to do consultative selling? Do you know how to uh, actually map your account? Who's the economic buyer? Who's the technical buyer? Who's the veto? Who's the champion, etc.? You know, do you have a sales methodology in mind? Is it MedPick? Is it something else? You know, what are you doing? Um, 
You know, can you grow the size of the deal? How do you handle competition? You know, are, are you relational or what are you? You know, do you know how to ask the hard questions? So and when you do all that, you're doing this, so you don't understand, okay, I don't expect you to have all the answers. So what do you need? Oh, you need more sales skills. Maybe you need sales skills on starting a conversation. Maybe you need sales skills on closing a deal, right? But then you do this, this matrix going because there's sales skills on, on the one axis on the matrix, but the other axis in the matrix is product skills. Do you know what our product physically does? And you know, many of our reps did not have a good understanding of that. So we had to bring in sales training. We partnered with some of the industry's best sales leaders, including Mark Hunter, to help us with some of the sales skills and others. We partnered with our own in-house corporate trainers to bring this in. We built a sales enablement crew, an entire team. We hired solution engineers to offload some of the technical burden that the, the account executives and the SDRs were facing so that we had a bigger team. I mean, this was overwhelming, Cats, let me tell you. And every step along the way there, all I was doing was saying, does this person have what they need? And will they help me achieve my corporate goal? Because yeah, I'm at the pinnacle, but I can fall off this mountain really, really fast. And the next person will come in, and I know that. So the same time I'm having this conversation with my people, I know that they're looking at me, and between you and I, many of them are shitting bricks. Because it's like, Oh my gosh, new sheriff in town. What if he doesn't like me? What if he actually decides to let me go? What if he decides I'm not part of NUCO? You know, what if I just don't fit what he's looking for? What if that one time I told him he was an idiot, he remembers that and, and kicks my ass out of here? You know? And then I've got other people from outside the organization saying, hey, Kate, congrats, you're looking for new people. You should you should check me out. I'm the best thing ever. So it's overwhelming. So what do I do? What do I do to make sure that I put my SDRs you know, at, at ease, I give them comfort, I relieve their anxiety so they can perform and not get distracted. But what do I do to make sure I've got the right team, the right skill sets? Well, that's a golden question, let me tell you. And I decided that I needed to bring an expert in to help us with that conversation. Somebody who understands all sides of the staffing equation. So sit back and relax. You're going to like today's conversation. I'm not going to teach you how to sell a damn thing. I'm going to teach you how to be a better employee or how to get yourself the right job. Or if you're a leader, if you have a team, we're going to talk a little bit of shop for you too. Something for everybody. Who am I doing this with? I'm glad you asked. I thought you'd never ask. It is a repeat performance. I am so pleased to welcome back my good friend, Brian Smith. Brian, baby, how you doing, sir? You ha it's been a long time. Since you've been on the show, welcome back. What is up? Yeah, man, I'm so glad to be back, man. It's been cool to watch this thing grow. Uh, super honored that you would even have me on in the early days. I'm sure I probably butchered it, so sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> give a little bit of redemption here. But um, yeah, man, beautiful life. Having some success in a career and uh, just excited to share my, to share my story, man. Now, when we last met up with Brian, if you don't recall, go back and listen to the episode. It's fantastic. He was really honest and transparent, you know, living the life of an AE. Um, and, and he had a little girl who was new. And, and we were just talking in the green room before we went live. And that's not the case anymore. You don't just have, you know, one little girl anymore, do you, Brian? You've got, uh, I understand you might have uh, a, another addition on the way. Is that, is that the case? Yeah, I can't figure out if it's considered one and a half right now. Because <laughs> you know, I don't want to jump the gun and just like I have two. That's a lot of stress in itself, right? So... One and a half. Right one and now. a half, <laughs> soon to be two. Well, congratulations! That is so exciting, man. You're living, you're living the life. I love it. 
All right. So, Brian, uh, let's get some context out of here. Now, you're with Vendition, and you're, you you run partnerships there. But I love when I talk to you, you know, your title is like partners or partnerships, what have you. And you're like, dude, that's just a fancy word for an A. I am a full cycle rep. Uh, so you do the SDR role, you do the AE role, you do the whole enchilada. For those who don't know about Vendition, all right, because I think it's contextual to today's conversation, can you kind of just give us a little blurb on, on what Vendition's all about? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, ultimately, man, we want to be the educational resource for SDRs. We really want to change how companies um, partake in hiring SDRs. What does it look like? Uh, what does the SDR really need to know? What type of information should they have before they get their first gig? Uh, you know, you congratulations with your new CRO role, role. We can easily look at your resume and see that, hey, this guy probably can fit the bill. With the SDR, typically because it's considered, quote unquote, entry level role, a lot of times you can look at a resume and see if they can fit the bill. Um, and so that's where we come in to fill that gap in between the person who wants to get into the SDR role and also helping our partners uh, feel comfortable in, in that person's background. So changing the game of how we hire sales development is, like, is how I like to say it. All right. So you're all about you know, the hiring and the development of SDRs specifically. So based on that, I thought you were the right guy to have this conversation. So I'm, I'm if it's okay with you, I'm going to go back in time to months ago when I was starting my CRO gig. And I want to drill down some questions on you that I think my audience will get a kick out of. And by the way, folks, you haven't done it yet. You know what I always say, but it's never more true with Brian Smith. Get on LinkedIn and follow him. He's, 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 I just love watching him. And, uh, you know, this guy, he hangs out with the who's who. Uh, I believe you were on a bus not too long ago, Brian. Would that be a fair statement? For those who don't know, maybe you can give him a little uh, background on that little adventure you took. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, I think if anything, you got to surround yourself with good people, honest people. Uh, that's why I'm having this conversation with Daryl. Good, honest, good person. Um, man, I was having dinner one night with a couple people, Scott Barker, uh, Beck Holland, and um, Josh Braun. And, you know, I heard about the flip script for her. And Beck, as the great salesperson that she is, not just leader, great salesperson she is, she convinced me to convince my family to get on a bus with like a 12-hour notice. Uh, basically, across the country, across the Denver, uh, on a sales tour, and uh, learned a lot. It was pretty fun, and uh, I'd love to do it again. All right. So I told you this cat hangs out with the coolest, smartest people going. So there you go. So that's his pedigree. He lives your life, and he's part of the Cool Kids Club. I want to be him when I grow up. All right. So you've been on kind of all sides of of, of the desk here. You've been that SDR. You're a full cycle AE, but now you're also sourcing AEs. You're helping build team. I got lots of questions. I'm trying to think, where do we want to start here? Let's start with this. If you're building a team today, you're a, you're a sales leader, an SDR leader. What are, you know, based on what you've seen now, what makes a good team, what makes a less than good team? What are some of the tips you can give to these sales leaders that they should be looking for in an SDR candidate? And, I, and especially focus on some of the things that they might not have thought of. And for the SDRs who are not the team leaders, here's the SDRs, listen to what they're saying because hiring managers who look for these things that Brian's going to share are the people that you want to work for. All right, So that's, that's where, you, where you should be listening. But again, I'm building a team out, Brian. What are some of the things that, uh, that I should be considering as I'm building my team out in talent and skill and people? Yeah, for sure. I think... Um, there's a couple things you should be looking for, but let me give some context. I think 
the notion right now is to figure out uh, things like, is a person hungry? Are they money motivated, right? To me, all of those things can come crashing down pretty quickly. I think you should be looking for a person that can um, be a great storyteller. I don't know if we're trying to figure out in interviews if a person can tell a good story, if they can um, provide value and share in a time where they can back up the information they're given with research and then tie it to the current need for the employer interviewer. So I think we need to look for people who are creative and are storytellers. And there's some ways that you can do that in an interview. So on the storytelling point, point it's actually kind of interesting because of those who are regular listeners, you may recall, those who just joined the podcast recently, you should know that a few months back, we had a wonderful episode focused ex- explicitly on the art of telling a story and how it makes a dramatic difference. Think about even what we're doing here in today's conversation, right? We're telling a story about Brian's journey, Brian's family life, and how his his own career has changed, and how he just hopped on a bus. All that makes you relational, makes, makes you relatable, and you just want to hear more from the individual. So storytelling is a great way to both establish a rapport, but it's also a fantastic way to speak to pains or issues or obstacles or challenges that your prospects may be facing and how other clients whom you've helped tackled the problem. We all like a good story. We all like something that has, you know, a lesson to learn. Maybe there's a moral, maybe there's a happy ending, maybe there's not. But even when there's not a happy ending, there's still lessons learned. So storytelling makes it far more real than simply saying, yes, we can do that. No, we can't. Yes, that will happen. No, this won't. That's just kind of black and white in the conversation is stilted and it stops. Storytelling keeps them hooked, keeps them engaged, keeps them leaning forward, keeps them actively listening. And that's what you want. You want them actively listening. You don't want them tuning you out. All right. That's my first question. We're going to take a break. We're going to go to commercial. We'll be back shortly. Don't go anywhere. Brian Smith and I are going to carry the conversation on about all things that you need to know if you're an SDR or a hiring manager when it comes to what you should have and skills and talents and resources. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, so we're back. So that's if you're building a team. Now, one of the questions you didn't hit on, you talked about storytelling, for example, is one of the aspects you made. Um, if I'm a leader, where does diversity come in to the composition of my team? Whether it be diversity of ethnicities or a diversity of skill sets or whatever, but diversity, where does that come in in your opinion? Yes, great question. I think it should come in number one um, in all uh, facets. It should be ethnicity. It should be background. It should be skill. 
And here's why. Um, while the sales, the sales role is typically a lone wolf, right? Performance-based uh, role. At the end of the day, your team's going to rely on each other. And there's nothing worse than having a team that all has the same type of skill, same type of background experience, because they can't teach you. Typically, they can't teach anything new to each other, right? If I've got background in professional services and I get hired with a guy who's done SaaS software his entire life, we've got different experiences that we're going to teach each other. And then from a race and cultural perspective, um, there's some different ways. We're just talking about storytelling, right? The way I communicate storytelling is probably different than a person that has a different background or grew up in a different culture than I will, than I have. And so I think when you hire those diverse candidates and have that diverse team, um, it only helps uh, communicate your value, your product, your service better, right? Um, you're going to be reaching out to people who are different, have different backgrounds, right? Not everybody came from sales. Not everybody came from marketing. So when you have that different skill level and that different background, um, I think it helps elevate your team. Do you see people being intentional these days about diversity? When you look, look at either your clients or your prospects, you see that coming up in, 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 a, in a mandate. So, for example, when I took on the role of CRO, I knew I was going to need a head of marketing. I knew I was going to need a head of sales. And I knew I was going to need some additional bodies. And as I started talking to my network, I started saying, I have this stereotype composition. I would really like to be exposed to other people with other skill sets, other backgrounds, other cultures to round up my team and make us a better team. And when I asked that, you know, not once I get somebody saying, really, Prail? You're not just looking for the best person for the job? In other words, it was understood by the, at least my circle that, you know, sometimes it's not the best person just on paper and skill set. Sometimes it's those intangibles that they bring to the table. It gives you different points of view, different perspectives that makes you as a team and a whole stronger and better and better able to compete. I, I, was, I was thrilled to get that feedback, but are you hearing people ask and inquire about that? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, I think it's becoming a conversation. No, from the aspect I think people are trying to figure out how to do it. Um, I think we're in a place where people aren't sure how to do it. So, yes, I think the conversation is happening. Um, but now, just with anything, right, we've got to practice it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a tangent, but we've got to rewrite the way uh, our job descriptions look, right? Our, our job descriptions are written to attract a certain type of candidate, and that may not be a diverse candidate or a profile. All right, I've got to ask you a question. Because you, you have been on both sides of the equation, and now you're actively out there recruiting and evaluating talent. What do you, Brian Smith, look for in an SDR candidate? That's such a great question. I'm looking for someone that considers themselves the comeback kid. And what I mean by that is someone that has been knocked on their butt, someone that has been beaten up, but have found a way to get back to the winning. Talking about myself, right? Like from my own personal experience, the SDR, the sales world is a grind. Uh, I'm going to go out on record to say you can't consistently win. There's just some odds, it's hills and valleys. So I need to be able to find that person that is a comeback kid. And they have to, again, be able to tell a story to where they continually rebound it, but not only rebound it, but learn and can share how they did it. 
right? Because that goes back into selling a product, selling value. Don't tell me that you, you found a way to find success, but how did you do it? Give me the formula, as my guy Morgan Eagle would say. So I really like this concept of the comeback kid. And let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explore this a little bit just so the, the audience really understands what we're talking about here. So here's the one thing you need to know right away, guys. You're not going to win every deal. All right, you're not. There's going to be deals that you do everything textbook perfect. In the end, they're going to make some decision. And you go, what did I miss? And you're going to be upset. You're going to be angry with the prospect. You're going to feel misled. You're going to be bitter. You're going to be talking to your boss. And they're, they're going to be probing you. What did you miss? Did you, what did you consider? And the comeback kid mentality says when that happens, when you either you know, lose a deal you thought you had, when you're in a slump, because we all get in slumps. I had a conversation with Martin MacArthur about this not too long ago, about you always get in a slump. Brian Reeser, the same concept. The comeback kid perseveres, learns, and bounces back out of new tactics, new skills, new optimism, but also has the ability to put that loss behind them. Or maybe not fully behind them, but says, no problem, I'm going to live the fight another day. And I'm going to stay on top of that account. I'm going to circle back in three months or six months in a year when they realize they made a mistake or they realize they should have gone with me. And then I'm going to actually get the deal then. So maybe it's not today, but it's maybe that it's not, you know, not forever. It's just, it's just a period of time. So the comeback kid is about resiliency and perseverance. That's what that really is. It's a character trait. Now, Brian, you said, you know, maybe you might be manifesting yourself a little bit here. You've got some comeback stories too. So just so the audience doesn't feel like, you know, you're this rock star hanging out with Beck and, you know, and Barker and crew uh, on a wonderful bus as you went cross country. Talk to us about some of the hardship that you, you endured. Maybe was it, you know, I'm assuming it was unexpected and how you overcame or what lessons you learned from it. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's definitely a time in my career, man, when I had been at the high of high and the low of lows. And it all goes back into how you interview, what are you looking for, defining those things, what you want in your career. Because if you don't do that, you're going to accept anything. And I've worked for some great companies, some great leaders. But again, things will not always play out how you want to. Last year, I went through two different companies within a span of seven months, six months, I believe, six or seven months. Um, lost both those jobs. Why I lost those jobs I don't know if those are as important as sharing the journey of figuring out what happened um, and utilizing what happened to teach other people to not make the same mistakes. At both of those companies, I think great things, large deals, quickest deal in the company history, um, and it still didn't work out. And so that's when we talk about those valleys. Those valleys will come, and sometimes it's out of your control. And so figuring out what you did, sharing how you did it, how you pulled yourself up, I guess, from your bootstraps. And continued on. I think if you can teach that to other people and how you did that, um, that's the true success. Let me ask a question here. So there's SDRs out there exactly in your situation. You said last year, you, you know, there's two gigs that for whatever reasons didn't work out. So you had to dust yourself off and get up and look for the next gig, and you're having a blast and doing kick-ass results at Rendition, um, which always just goes to show you sometimes it's it's not you. Sometimes it's a fit thing, right? So the hey guys, I've been in the exact same boat. I always like to say. Every second job is a home run, even though I like to think when I pick every job that I take, it's a home run. I have done my due diligence, yet despite doing all my due diligence in my career, every second job has been the, the one I enjoyed, which means every second job sucked. So I'm 50-50. There you go. As a candidate, so we're out there, maybe they're impacted by COVID, looking for the next gig, they got furloughed, they're not happy where they are, they're looking for the upgrade. As a candidate, you know, what goes on in their mind? What do they wish they knew? 
so that they could be prepared to give their best foot forward, their best presentation of them as a person? What secrets do they need to research to best prepare for that interview? Great question. A couple of different things. Uh, this may not be a traditional answer you expect, but uh, I got to give credit where credit due. Uh, Roderick Jefferson just shared this with me. And I've been going about it the completely wrong way. One, your resume needs to um, be able to tell a story, but leave out enough information for the person to say, hmm, I want to see more. I want to hear more about this experience. He shared a little bit with me, but it's enough to where they want to poke holes in it to really get down to the truth. The second thing, we've got to get out of this heroic mindset of salespeople that it's all on us. My success is due solely to my performance. I'm raising my hand telling you right now that's not true. I've seen it. I have, I've done great at companies and still didn't work out. You need to find, and again, kudos to Roger for sharing this with me and helping me realize this, but you've got to find a sponsor, not just a mentor, but a sponsor, somebody that's willing to put their brand on the line for you, somebody that's willing to say, hey, I know he's going to succeed and I'm going to be a person that helps him or her reach to that point. Um, we got to find sponsors. So if you're trying to find a great job, if you're trying to get to the next best gig by yourself and only on your resume and past success alone, I think it'll take, not that it's impossible. I think it'll take you longer. Okay. What one thing should an SDR, if they can only do one thing, you talked about a resume, talk about, you know, the interview a little bit here. We really haven't talked about LinkedIn, but that's okay. What one thing should an SDR absolutely make sure is buttoned down and kick ass? For them to not immediately end up in the no pile when they're looking for the next job. Mm, great question. Let me think about that for a second. So many. In order for you not to end up in the no pile, the number one thing you need to do is truthfully build a use case around the product that you're attempting to sell or the company you're attempting to work for. Build a use case. Put together a presentation. Um, Again, that shows a couple of different things that you look for in an SDR, right? That may not show up on a resume. Creativity, storytelling, value. Nobody does that, guys. And I'm telling you as a hiring manager, nobody does that. If you did that to me, I and I'm not saying you're going to get a job, but you're not going to be in the no pile. I'm going to go, holy shit, assuming it's well thought out, it's logical. I need to know more about this person and how they think. They went that extra mile. What will they do for a prospect to get that deal? That's how I think. So that would be game changing. Biggest mistake or biggest missed opportunity hiring managers make in the hiring process when it comes to evaluating candidates? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I'll go back to that. I think the biggest mistake we make in the hiring process is on the front end. Um, I'm going to try to give some context. I think the way you truly win a deal is by fantastic prospecting. I, I always say I know pretty much if I'm going to win a deal based on my prospecting efforts. It starts with the prospecting. In the same way, the mistake that hiring managers are making is on the front end with what they're asking for in a candidate. I think what we're asking for in a candidate nine times out of ten in a job description is not what we end up hiring. Um, and if we're truthful with ourselves, we, we can see that with the misquota and the turnover rate and et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. So I think the mistake we're making as hiring managers is in the beginning. Last question. One question that an SDR candidate should always ask a hiring manager is, 
one thing you should always ask is, let's say I have this job. We're out having our favorite drink. We're toasting to my success. What three things are we toasting to? Damn, I've not heard that one before. I've used variations of that one, but yours is distinctly different. I would look at how do you measure success, but you're saying what are the three things we're toasting? And it's just a different question because you're putting it, you're actually putting them in a scene without toasting. Changes the tone, changes the language. Love it. My friends, Brian Smith right here. I told you he was a rock star. There's a reason he's back. Check him out. Check out Vendition. Follow him on LinkedIn. He is a must-listen kind of guy. He hangs out with cool people. He goes across countries in buses. And by the way, I did not get that invite, so it tells you he's just way more cool than me. This wraps up another week, my friends. Another week is in the books. We did it. I missed you. I love talking to you. Hopefully, you love talking to me. But more than anything, I hope you got a little bit out of this. to be 1% better. If you like today's show, there's plenty more back at InsideSales.com. My name is Daryl Prale. I'll talk to you soon. You take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prail. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week. <laughs>